Welcome to Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast of rich music, hopeful prayer, and inspiring meditations with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a faith community made up of a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service, with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's Word, and by sharing that Word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world. Hello, listener. Hey, let me put you on the spot from the get-go with a, with a question. Because there was this time when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. So here's the question. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life and that no one comes to God except through him? How would you answer this question? Do you believe that to be true? Yes? No? Would you add a qualifier about a, about a person who's saved? Well, we've been exploring the I am statements of Jesus. There are seven of them in the Gospel of John, and we've been exploring them to discover what it says about Jesus Christ and what it says about us. And throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus says these I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, and then finishes with a statement. So um, we've been looking at these, and, um, and this is not a hypothetical question, the question I asked you, uh, because uh, I've been talking to some of you, and you've been asked what to say to some of your friends who insist that someone must accept Jesus into their heart to be saved. And these are friends who may question the validity of your own faith. If you do not place a priority on saving souls or that you didn't have a conversion experience. As we know, this verse can be problematic as it sounds so exclusive. Is Jesus the only way? Are there many ways? Jesus said earlier in John that the other sheep that do not belong to this fold. This is an important question and you have to answer it yourself. And sometimes the question of whether Jesus is the only way It simply becomes an intellectual exercise. It's kind of a defense against or excuse for never stepping out to see whether it's true. But I think deep down, it has something to say about how we accept and relate to other human beings and how we accept ourselves. So in this episode, I want to explore what Jesus may be talking about, especially when it comes to how we view others, especially those who may not regard themselves as Christian and how we regard ourselves around our own acceptance. Now, you never ask a question of another that you aren't prepared to answer yourself. So as for me, Jesus' words, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I believe this to be true. I deeply believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to God except through him. But here's the thing. Jesus does not say how he is the way, only that he is the way. He does not describe how we come to the Father, only that the way we get to God is through him. I'm going to talk about this today, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about what Jesus calls way. 
thank you for joining us for Music Word, Hope, and Prayer. As far as the music part, Nate's got a couple of songs that have something to do with sort of stepping out into service, uh, a theme we've been lifting up here at East Brentwood Presbyterian Church. And I'm going to come back after Nate's music, and we'll share an excerpt from the Scripture story that you'll find a link to in this episode, and then to share more about what this passage may say about Jesus Christ and about us. Thank you for listening. Right, listener, did you uh, think about that question I asked you uh, while Nate was playing his song? Uh, so here's where it lands in the scripture. It's John 14. I'm going to read a little bit of it, about 14, 1 through 7. Uh, the link is in the uh, episode description. Where Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. 
And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Well, Thomas, you can always count on Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So, we're talking about the I am statements. Bread of life, light of the world, true vine, I am the resurrection of the life. And you wonder, who's speaking? Who Who is the one talking here? Is it Jesus, the humble Galilean uh, carpenter from Nazareth? Or is this the the eternal Christ who was there at the beginning of time, uh, who provides this access to salvation? Uh, When I say grand, the book of Revelation uh, offers another I am statement. I am making the whole of creation new. It will come true. It is already done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, both the beginning and the end. So who is being spoken of? Is it humble Jesus who told the stories about the sower who went out to sow seeds, the one who talked about um, uh, um, how do we care for one another, the Beatitudes, or is this Jesus the Christ? The one who said back in John 8, 58, I tell you solemnly before Abraham came to be, I am. So, have you ever thought about Jesus Christ? Like, my name is John Robert Hilly. I was named after a family friend. Robert comes from my grandfather's name. Hilly is my family name. Have you ever thought about Jesus Christ? Who is, is Christ the last name? Of Jesus, whose first name Jesus, have you ever thought about it? It's an interesting question. Who is this Jesus that we're talking about here? The eternal, the universal Christ, who is the transcendent within of everything and everyone in the universe? Who is the immense spaciousness of all true love? Who came to earth not so we could make distinctions, but that, as he says in John 17, 21, that they may all be one, who came to unite and to reconcile all, all things. Does that mean people and animals, things, himself, everything in heaven and everything on earth? It says that in Colossians 1.20. All this brings to mind, what do we mean when we say Jesus Christ? Jesus being the... Christ's historical manifestation. Jesus is a third someone, Trinity, not just God and not just human, but God and human together. And I think that's the unique and central message of Christianity. This Jesus Christ who brings all unto under him. So anyway, that's a little bit of a theological walking around in the weeds. Well, where this story appears in the Gospel of John, it's nearing the the time of his arrest and his torture and crucifixion. And Jesus knows this, but his disciples still do not understand. And they're confused, and they're worried about his language, about the time coming and his leaving them. And he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. 
And uh, it seems here that John, the gospel writer, is calling forth this sort of voice of the eternal Christ. And as for me, what do I make of these words? I am the way, the truth, and the life. As I said in the opening, I believe this to be true. I deeply believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to God except through him. But as I said in the opening, here's the thing. Jesus does not say how he is the way, the truth, and the life, only that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He does not describe how we come to the Father, only that the way to get to God is through him. And there's this uh, guy named Roger Nishioka who helped me to see this as he writes, that means I can hold to the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to God is through Jesus. And I can also hold to the truth that how we come to God is entirely up to God. So a person of little faith can come to God through Jesus, yes, because it's up to God. A person of a different faith can come to God through Jesus, Jew, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, spiritual but not religious, none? Yes, because it's all up to God. Could a person of no faith come to God through Jesus? Yes, because it's up to God. Could a person come to God through Jesus and have no idea they're coming to God through Jesus, which means, I, quite frankly, there are many non-believers who are doing extraordinary work in this world. Um, uh, and yes, because it's up to God. God is the one who saves through Jesus, the eternal Christ, and it's not up to us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. As it says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. And, and where this hinges on us for us is because we feel like oftentimes we've been taught that we have to say a prescriptive word, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or that an individual has to have an experience of conversion and to walk through the door to have what we would call salvation. I was in my early 20s. It was spring break. It was Fort Lauderdale, and I and a friend of mine had joined a mission. We were on a mission, not to see how long we could go without sleep, partying, spring break uh, away. No, we were down there on a mission to save the souls of wayward college students. And daily, a bunch of us would follow this choreography where we would meet early in the morning for prayer while everybody was, else was sleeping in. And we would pray for what might uh, happen during that day when we would take to the beach and there we had a street preacher who would go out on the beach and would start preaching right next to all of the beer coolers. And needless to say, it would sort of put a, uh, uh, a wet blanket on the vibe that had been going out on the beach. And then this crowd would start to gather. And then uh, soon you would have hecklers. And they would start into the street preacher. And there were people like me and my friend David who would then become part of the crowd. And we would buddy up next to somebody who was listening 
listening, and uh, we would pray that the Spirit of God might lead us to that person, and we would buddy up next to them, and we would start a conversation with him saying, well, what do you think about what this dude is saying? You like it? I think he may be on to something, hoping for a conversation to happen. Truth be, it didn't have a lot of results. But hey, one night I was walking down the street with my friend David and we came across a college student by himself and we struck up a conversation and it came out that he was Jewish. Oh, an answered prayer. This was our moment to save a soul for Jesus. And all we needed was a spiritual track to hand him. The, uh, so uh, the four spiritual laws, uh, you know what they are. Did you ever hear about those? God loves you and wants a personal relationship with you. Two, we are sinful and therefore we cannot know God. Three, Jesus Christ is the ticket to salvation. Four, you must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And then, only then, by you saying yes, can you know God personally and experience his love? His love, it depends on us. So, but the problem was our four spiritual law tracks were back in the hotel room. And so me raced down the street trying to retrieve those four spiritual laws track book to give to my friend who was on the street corner while, while my other friend, David, kept him occupied. Were we successful? I do not know. Doubtful. Was the young man's soul in question? I thought so back then. Was it dependent upon him? No. Was it up to us? No. Because salvation is a gift of God and is therefore up to God. And we leave it up to God. I've come a long way from those earlier years, believing that there is something a person must say or do to be saved. And some of you may find that interesting as you listen to this podcast and you know some of the pretty progressive beliefs that I'll hold on to. And what is more, if one of those friends asked you um, if you were saved, um, and if you, as you ask that question of yourself, would you start to wonder and doubt? And here's where it leads us, because I think oftentimes we think that our faith is not good enough. And that brings up the whole matter of acceptance acceptance of ourselves. And when, when it comes to believing, maybe in your own life, there was a particular moment. I mean, there was for me. I was in high school. But, and maybe you grew up in a home with just some wonderful parents, and there was a never moment when you didn't know and believe that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior, and that's wonderful. But maybe that's not a good enough for some of your friends who might look to you or that you hear from a certain group in our wonderful religious faith that insist that words must be said or actions taken. And if you're looking at what to say to those who ask the question, are you saved, or insist that someone has to ask Jesus into their heart to use the language to be saved, you can say an answer I've heard before, I was saved the moment Jesus Christ died on the cross. So as for me, and as it was for the wonderful writer Rachel Held Evans, an evangelical writer who died about this time back in May of 2019 here in Nashville, and the world lost a, a prophetic and loving voice, once said, I 
quote, I'm a Christian because the story of Jesus is a story I'm willing to risk being wrong about. That's in Rachel Held Evans' uh, book, Wholehearted Faith, that Jeff Chu finished after her death. And maybe we can modify her claim that, uh, that this way, I am a Christian because the way of Jesus is the way I'm willing to risk being wrong about. And so therefore, I talked about the how. Salvation comes by God. It can come um, regardless of actions that we take. Salvation is non-exclusive just to those who profess faith in Jesus Christ. How about that, folks? And, and that it's um, about the way that we follow. As Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And what do you mean by that? How, um, and then, and, 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 and Evan says, I'm willing to be wrong about. And how would, do we know whether we are wrong? Of course, that only happens if we follow, that we walk with him. This Jesus, who said to his disciples then, and this Jesus who says this today, Come walk with me and see. Walk in the light of my presence. Train your eyes on me, and the path will always be true and life-giving. I am the way, that is, the truth and the life. I love that translation that Jamie Clark Souls offers in reading John for Dear Life. So the emphasis should be not just upon the right words to say, but on Jesus as way, truth, and life are descriptions of what we discover on the way. Think of me, Jesus says, as a road. Walk my way, walk my way with me. Walk on me, even, and allow me to take you to where you need to go. Be on the way with me. But and I mentioned walk on me because the earliest followers of Jesus were not known as Christians, but as a people of the way. I am way, Acts 9, 1 through 2. Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. And I think what he meant by that is that he is the illuminating light that enlightens all things, making it possible for us to see things in their fullness. Saying, I am the light of the world, he's not telling us to look just to him, but to look at life with his all-merciful eyes. And I think that means seeing him so we can see like him, with the same infinite compassion and acceptance of other things and other human beings. It is then, not borrow on Richard Rohr here, that our isolated I turns into a connected we, and we move from this sort of narrow Jesus door to the welcoming eternal and universal Christ, a universal Christ that is in all of us, whether we say the words, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior or not. So Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to God except through him, but how that happens is up to God, because God is the one who saves, because salvation alone belongs to God, and because of that, no one human being ever has the right to say that your faith or other people's faith is not good enough. If you ask me, that keeps God in prison in what seems like a really fairly narrow, retributive theme instead of this expansive frame 
And that's not good news. And we follow a Jesus of good news. It's neither good nor new, but the same old tired story of history, of a kind of pulling God down to our level to meet our needs. Because faith at its essential core is accepting. Accepting that we are accepted. And we cannot deeply know ourselves without also knowing the one who made us. And we cannot fully accept ourselves without accepting God's radical acceptance of every part of ourselves. And also acceptance of others too. I'll leave you with what Richard Rohr says in his book, The Universal Christ. There has never been a single soul who was not possessed by the Christ, even in the ages when Jesus was not. Why would you want your religion or your God to be any smaller than that? For you who have loved Jesus, perhaps with great passion and protectiveness, do you recognize that any God worthy of the name must transcend creeds and denominations, time and place, what we say yes to or not, all and all the vagaries of gender extending to the limits of all we can see, suffer, suffer, and enjoy. You are a child of God, Richard Rohr says, and there will always, um, and that will always be the case, even when you don't believe it, and that others have the divine Christ in them, even though they may not say it in certain prescriptive words of the four spiritual laws. Hey, thanks for listening today. Uh, I got into a lot of heady theology there. It may have been something that jarred you a little bit. As always, you can reach me at jhilly uh, at ebpctn.org. Thank you for listening. And let me leave you with this uh, prayer of the day. Oh God, you have prepared for those who love you joys beyond understanding. Pour into our hearts a love for you, that loving you above all else, we may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Let us walk in your ways. Let us be the way through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, EBPC videos.